Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, December 9th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus minus 9 degrees in Edmonton, minus 4 degrees in Saskatoon, and 2 degrees in Toronto. Awesome. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join us on the live show, join in on the chat. There's a call-in button. You can click the call-in button, or you can ask your questions in the chat. Any questions you want about real estate investing for free every morning, we'll answer them. Free coaching. Take advantage of it. Do it. <clears throat> uh, like some of the really cool people that we got joining us today. We got uh, Kirsten, I see in the comments. John's there. Yeah. We have Eric and Kyle. Good morning, everybody. Garrett. Joey, Matt, Chris, Ryan, good morning, good morning, good morning. Everybody's making their way into the room. Yeah. Chastin just entered the room. Good morning, Chastin. Good morning, Cody. Awesome. Josh is here as well. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> Friday, huh? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Friday. I feel like I had some notes for Friday. I have my Friday notes. You make notes for different days of the week? Some days when... Yes. Yeah, some days I do. Um, but I can't seem to find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious if anyone's got any questions today about real estate investing. I, I, I We do have some leftover questions from uh, this week, which we can get into. Yeah. Um, just kind of on the fly while we're live trying to figure out what I want to cover today. Mm. There was um there was a really good question that came up in our free real estate investing masters Facebook group yesterday. Yeah. Which I said we, that we would touch on today. Uh, I got a couple other questions. Seems like Jeremy's got a question already here. Um Josh in the comments says I can't believe the year is literally almost over. Literally. Literally almost over. Literally. Literally. Twenty nine days. <laughs> no, twenty one days. <laughs> I think you should pretend like there's 29 days, though. Why? I don't, know. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the year's over yet. There's a lot you can do in three weeks. Just think about all the joint venture opportunities that are sitting around that turkey. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe even holding off talking to that aunt or that uncle um, about private lending. Maybe even holding off and talking to that cousin about you know joint venturing with you on the next property. Most of your joint venture opportunities are within your you know your your immediate circle, right? Your friends, your family, aunts, uncles, mom, dad. Over the holidays, you know, they're going to be asking you a lot of questions because, you know, 
mom and grandma are going to make a big fucking deal about making sure that everybody puts their phones down and talks. So everybody's putting their phones down. They don't know what the hell to do. And they have to talk for the first time this year. And, uh, you know, what are they likely to ask you about? So, Chris, how's, uh, how's, how are the kids? <laughs> Saw that you've been posting pictures about a basement suite or something. Saw you, you were spraying some ceilings. You know, what was that all about? Did you have to spray the ceilings at your house? No, that was actually my uh, rental property that we're building. A rental property? What do you mean you're doing a rental property? You just see how like just a couple pictures or a couple, you know, Instagram stories can just kind of create a few, um, you know, real life stories or, you know, real life conversations. And suddenly, you know, they're asking questions about it. Maybe they didn't know anything about it. Maybe you haven't been posting that much, but it, you know, is enough to create a conversation. And then you and Aunt Francis are, are, are doing, you know, having a conversation for the next 30 minutes over, you know, a glass of wine talking about potential opportunities to partner together. You never know, right? So there's some, I, I wouldn't rule out 2022 yet. I think that there's a huge opportunity to, oh my God, that dog, I swear to God. Okay, so the year is not over. Who wants a free puppy? Who wants a free puppy for Christmas? Because I cannot run the show and this dog is barking upstairs. Uh, joint venture opportunities. There's, there's, there's tons over Christmas. Right? So take advantage of that. What do we got going on in the comments here? While wow, all this nonsense is going down. Chris says January 2nd is when it's almost 2024. <laughs> I think that, I think that it's, it's good to use it as a motivation. Um, you know, the end of the year as a motivation. I think, you know, like, like, like Chris, like Chris is trying to say right now in 2020, in 2023, you should be thinking like, Hey, 2024 is too short. I need to make the most of it. But when you use it as like a, Oh, it's December. There's only 21 days left. What's the point? I'll just wait till 2024. See, that's a negative way of looking at it. It's a horrible perspective. I'm not saying that's what Josh was saying, but you know, it, it should be used in a, in a positive perspective of the way that you know, it should be used as a tool in order to motivate you to make sure that you understand how precious time is and how quickly it goes by. Cody says there's only three weeks left. How many properties can you lock down? You'd be surprised what you can get done in a week if you put all of your energy towards it. Absolutely. Glenn says he's working this Christmas. So no joint venture opportunities for you. <laughs> I don't uh, think I don't think uh, Glenn has family here though. It's, they would probably just be having a little family true. Christmas together, which is sad that you'll have to miss that. Uh Kirsten had a comment, I think, there. Do 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 the scrolling, scrolling. She says, and don't assume people won't have the money. The people I figured were least likely to have money to invest became my first joint venture partners with over $100,000. I didn't think they'd even be able to do 5K. There you go. Boom. 
Cody says fixed rates are going down. You have to calculate your three-year speculation and see if the rate's dropping halfway there. will save you more than fixed. Oh, he's talking about um, uh, Jeremy's question about fixed rate or or, or um, variable. Matt says, I'll be working Christmas. Come by with the kids. Is Is the hall open on Christmas? I don't know, but that's cool. For reals? All day, any day. Hmm. Well, call me when you're cooking brisket. <laughs> I want, I want, call me when you're cooking some of that chili that you think is going to beat my chili. Yeah, five alarm chili. <laughs> <laughs> In the days that people cook, that's when they close the doors. Like, sorry, guys, we're closed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cody says I'm waiting on a realtor to see if I can go look at other properties at look at properties today. That's awesome. Keep it up, Cody. Um, I'm going to answer, um, Jeremy's question really quickly. If buying a rental property, would you be using a fixed or variable mortgage rate right now? Uh, like Cody said, uh, fixed rates are actually down right now. I haven't looked into it personally, but that's the headline that I read. Um, I'm still leaning towards variable <laughs> you sound very confident i haven't done enough research i haven't looked at the numbers lately to see what it's looking like um we just went up another 0.5 we're probably going to go up again one more time really they say 0.75 total so if it's 0.5 then we'd have another 0.25 but that's that's the speculation. Um, I just hmm, hard to say. Maybe lock into a two year. I don't know what I would do to be honest. Uh, like Gabby and I, like we've we've mentioned many times, and this is not um, this is not you know to be taken as any advice. It's just what Gabby and I are doing, and we haven't been buying rental properties for a while. Um, we're just not buying any rental properties right now. That we have the rental properties that we want in our portfolio. We're good, and we're focusing on other investing strategies. And uh, so I haven't looked at the rates, and I haven't had to worry about it. But um, you know, ask me four months ago, I was looking at two-year and three-year fixed rates, which were in the high fives, and two-year and three-year were about the same. Like almost exactly the same. So I, my my idea was that I thought two year was probably the best, and then at the end of the two year fixed term, hopefully you know two years from now, rates have you know gone down a little bit, and then you can kind of look at that time about going variable or fixed, just kind of seeing what what what's the trend right you know what's the trend for interest rates, what direction is it going. Um, I'd say a two year fixed. That's what I'd probably do, but that's just my opinion. Um, everybody's got an opinion. What's everybody else thinking? Like I said, Cody's thinks uh, Cody says fixed rates are going down. Um, <clears throat> so, um, like I was saying, if you can get in on like a two year, three year, and, and get a pretty decent rate, that's you know, it's good. Um, variable, I I think it's is is higher than than fixed right now, from what I understand. Is that what you're seeing? I think that the only way you could really go wrong right now would be like locking into a five year fixed. 
Yeah. Because I definitely think within the five years, variable and fixed rates will be going down. So um, I'd either ride the variable train personally or... I like I, I like Wayne said. Fix. I haven't yeah I haven't actually seen the rates in quite some time. Uh, we had a couple people refinancing burrs in the last few months, so we got to see kind of the rates that they were looking at, but um, not recently. So, so I couldn't I I don't know I can't say without looking at what the fixed rate options would be whether yeah I do like a two year or just ride the variable train. I I'm kind of pro variable train though. Yeah, yeah. I I like that when they start coming down, you like you're with the adjustable that your rate will just start going down with it. So what's been said, here's what's been said for the last 20 years. Everyone has always said, anyone who who's ran the math has said, variable always beats fixed. Because, and he, <laughs> we can't say it anymore. Because interest rates have never gone up by more than 0.25 in one quarter. <laughs> so based on that information, interest rates will never go up by more than 1% per year. So variable is always mathematically better than fixed until this year. This year completely changed that. Now we can't say that anymore because it has happened. But you know, this year was a, you know, an extreme circumstance. Um, will it happen like this again? Probably, but when, you know, so I, I still feel like over, over the long term, um, having variable, um, I think mathematically will always win, but I don't like giving that advice to people because, you know, I don't want to see people get ruined because of my opinion. It's, mm-hmm. that's not fact. So don't take, don't take my opinion as fact. Just take it as information and be a good critical thinker and do your own math and figure out what's best for you. Uh, Wayne, at the end of the day, um, everybody's in charge of their own life and they need to make their decision, their final decisions and they need to be okay with whatever decision they make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> if they're like Wayne's spitting facts and I'm, but I'm doing what he says and um, they don't do anything else to look into the situation. Yeah. That's on you. Sorry. Um, there's a guy who I met years ago. Actually, you know, I'll tell the story after the commercial break. Be right back. Stay tuned. Don't change that dial. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we're back. We back. Uh, I wanted to tell a story about, uh, there was this guy that I um, I met through, I, I don't remember how I met this guy's. It was just a weird circumstance. I was having a meeting with another investor and this investor, other quote unquote investor name was there and uh, he came and sat down with us and you know, he, 
we were talking about investments. We were talking about, you know, what we were working on and we were talking about agreement for sale. Um, he, he proposed something to me. He, this guy, um, said, Hey, I heard you're, uh, heard you're uh, pretty decent with that agreements for sale thing. And I said, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, and he said, okay, cool. I got a, I got a deal for you. Uh, I got a townhouse in Millwoods. Um, what's the longest agreement for sale term you've ever gotten? And I said, uh, 10 years. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's pretty decent. How would you like a 25 year agreement for sale? (laughs) I says, uh, I mean, sure. But like, do you mind telling me a little bit more about the details? Yeah, it's, don't worry about the details. 25 years. 25 years at 2.3% interest rate. <laughs> I said, so how oh, much longer? It's locked in for 25 years. Huh? I said, oh, good. It's locked in for 25 years. Oh, he's got, uh, so I asked him, I'm like, well, how much longer on your term? Because there's about two and a half years left on my term. Okay, cool. Cool. So uh, obviously that 2.2, whatever, is, is, is locked up for the rest of the term. I go, so what's the price? And he goes, uh, $294,000. I said, okay, 294000 You said it's a townhouse in Millwoods? A few people here are in Edmonton. They're probably, you know, scratching their heads. He said, yeah. Actually, no, 274000 sorry. 274000 I said, okay, 274000 in Millwood's townhouse. Are we talking about like one of the, like a newer townhouse, you know, with like a double garage underneath? Or are we talking about like old cookie cutter townhouse, two story, 1970s, you know, Millwood's? He goes, 1970s cookie cutter, Millwood's townhouse. And I said, like, to be completely honest with you, I don't know of any condo complex for townhouses, Millwood's. That would be within that price range that were built in the 70s, 80s. That doesn't make any sense. If it doesn't have a garage. I said, most of them are worth like, you know, unrenovated 170, you know, super renovated 200. Because, yeah, well, there's a bit of a story. So, you ever heard of Rain Real Estate Investment Network? Yes. Was you a member of it? Like, I was. I used to be a member too. And, uh, you know, those, those, those motherfuckers, <laughs> those motherfuckers, they used to just sit there and used to sell those properties at the back of the room. And I'm like, I don't remember Rain doing that. Because, <laughs> well, that was back in the day, back in the day in the early 2000s, long before you're in this game. What they used to do is they used to say, oh, everybody buy townhouses, everybody buy townhouses. And so I did. I bought a bunch and they're giving me awards and they're telling me I'm the top player and everything else. And then 2008 comes and rolls around and then suddenly all these townhouses aren't worth shit and they're selling off all the while in 2007. They're still selling all their townhouses off to everybody else. And here I'm left holding the bag and I've got a townhouse that I bought for $300,000. And now it's only worth one seventy. So that's why he's offering me. He's like, so 
how about this? I'll sell you this townhouse, which he is like so underwater on. Can you like imagine having a $170,000 townhouse, but a $270,000 mortgage on it? No. I don't know how he managed to refinance that high. Yeah. Because he, he, he must have like bought it low, refinanced it super high, and he's just completely underwater on it. Now, I, I don't honestly think he bought it at that price at like 300. I think yeah. he bought it somewhere in like the low 200s. The property went up in value. He refinanced it to pull all that equity out, but then he over leveraged himself and all the properties went down in value. And now he's just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know it's probably a little hard to understand through, you know, the podcast, but like I could draw it out for you. He's not in that bad of a situation. He just made bad decisions, but he loves to blame everybody else. So he offered me 25 year agreement for sale. Two point something percent interest, and he's like, in the first twelve years, or he had some weird wonky calculation. Smart guy, um, dumb decisions. He's like, in the first twelve years, you'll pay off the hundred thousand dollars in negative equity, and then the remaining thirteen years is all profit for you. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, so you're telling me I got to hold this thing for thirteen years before I actually get in the out of the red? He goes, yeah, but you got another 12 years, 13 years on top of that. And it's all money. It's all bank after that. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't honestly think that I want to hold this property for that long. <laughs> he goes, what? You don't think it's a good deal? <laughs> like, but like for the, he, he, he's made me sit there and I tried to leave Gab. Gab, I tried to leave. Like this guy was just such a negative, negative prick. And he, he would not let me leave. He just had to sit there and bash the real estate investment network what's for what seemed like hours on why it was their fault that he bought all these properties. No accountability. Zero fucking personal accountability. Nothing. I'll never buy a rental property ever again. Meanwhile, he's trying to, you know, sell, sell me on this bullshit yeah. deal. I'll never do it ever again. It's bullshit. The whole real estate game is completely bullshit. Buy silver. He's and then he had his whole pitch on how I should invest all my I should sell all my properties and, and buy silver with him because he knew all about it. But uh, the point of the story was one, I you know I got offered a 25 year grant for sale, which is crazy. Uh, and two is that I ever since that moment, I've always been super cautious about, you know, offering advice. I don't know. There was just that moment just really made me think, made me realize that, um, even though, and I know the guys that run the real estate investment network, the, the, the ones that run it right now and the ones that were run it before, they would, they weren't, they weren't those type of people, yeah. right? They were just helping. And sometimes, you know, you may say one thing, but other people hear it a different way. You know, you may say that you're doing all these fix and flips this year and other people are like, oh, that means I must do fix and flips. And then when they fuck up because they don't get the proper education, coaching and, you know, and, and guidance, then or, suddenly or it's take the advice <laughs> or take the, or take the advice. Yeah. Then suddenly it's, 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 it's Wayne and Gabby's fault, which is kind of what I was talking about yesterday. Yeah. We, we do have influence. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that the influence that we do have is not misinterpreted. So I, I don't like giving advice on, variable or fixed 
I'll say what I'm doing, but I want everybody to have, I want there to be a caveat to that so that everybody knows that this is not advice. If I knew, you know, I'd, I'd be putting investment strategies in place to, 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 to win on the, you know, the interest rate game. You know what I mean? Like if anyone knew what the interest rates were going to be, if anyone knew the interest rates were going to go up like crazy, you know, you could have strategically made a whole business out of over the last two years to win the game. You know what I mean? But nobody knows. No one knows it's going to happen. Nobody knew that the market was going to blow up and be super hot last spring and summer. And nobody knew it would be absolutely dead right now. Do you think I would have bought all those properties <laughs> when I did? I probably would have bought them two months sooner. Yeah. Right. Probably a, few, a couple less. <laughs> but just make sure any information you get from us or from anyone else, take it all into consideration, put it on a piece of multiple pieces of paper in front of you, look at all the data and make decisions for yourself and then hold yourself 100% accountable. Right. We're here to in the morning to offer advice, which you can take and then Take what you need and, and make your decisions. And we're also here to answer facts, which I like focusing on facts more. Mm -hmm. Where do I find this plumber? Here you go. He is a plumber. That is a fact. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Even I, that can go south though. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say, but well, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to send you a carpenter and think that he could do it. He could, he could, he could do plumbing. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you facts. You know, what are the rules on joint ventures? Here are the facts. What are, you know, okay. Um, okay, so what do we got going on in the comments? You know, here? the other thing with like these types of questions specifically is that there is an, an expert on the other end of a phone or an email who can give their expert advice. <laughs> And, you know, like I think back to all of the mortgages that we hold and every single time that we got our, you know, our mortgage on our rental properties, we had the conversation with our mortgage broker at that time saying, okay, what are the rate options? What are we seeing with rates right now? What's expected? What are, the, what are other investors that you work with doing? That's a conversation that we would have every time we picked up a, a rental property is what's your advice, what are the options, and what are you seeing? And and what are you yeah. hearing? What are you hearing that's, you know, coming down the pipeline? Um, because they, they're the ones getting the education, going to the conventions, um, getting the, the newsletters coming out. They're the ones who are educated on and, and going to have the most information on what's happening and what's coming down the pipeline. Who's that? The the mortgage specialists, oh, yeah. the mortgage brokers. So that should be a conversation that you're having with them. Um, especially, and again, investor focused, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, really involved in that world of things. That should be who those conversations are happening with. We have our opinions of what we think we might do, but I would never make that decision even right now, I think I might know that, you know, I, I think rate riding the variable train sounds good to me right now, but I wouldn't just like go and lock up a variable mortgage. I would talk to my mortgage specialist yeah. about it. <laughs> Say, is this stupid or is this something we should do or, or what? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what. Oh, that's, that's the question that was in the Real Estate Investing Masters uh, group that I thought we should cover. Okay. 
You want me to read it? Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, so this uh, question within the Real Estate Investing Master's group says, I am in the process of closing a new home. Well, his title was interest rates, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Relevant. Interest rate. Interest rates. It was relevant. <laughs> I'm in the process of closing a new home. As it stands now, the economic situation, I am not able to close the home. Private lending would not be an option for me at this time, as I'm not able to afford monthly interest rates less principal. I understand that I would lose my deposit of $40,000, which I'm okay with. To keep my sanity, I want to walk away. What are the consequences of walking away from the deal? Please help. Thank you. Um, one thing I did men I realize or, or notice that he said was that it was, um, he used the word home. Yeah. Um, and, and not property. So my assumption is that was, that was supposed to be his home. Um, now the first question that you have to ask is, is it a conditional offer or is have conditions been removed? I believe further in that, um, I, when I was reading last, that last night, I believe further in the comments, it was, um, divulged that closing is within two weeks. So, so it sounds like it's unconditional. Yeah, yeah. I think that his realtor probably would have advised him by now that um, you just don't have to remove conditions. Yeah. But I'm, I'm depending on how long this close has been, I am seeing this quite a bit with people this year. Um <sighs> say where he I could have swore it told it said originally he must have edited it which province he was in did you see that last night no I didn't okay yeah there's uh, there's I feel like there's so many factors to this <laughs> well if I recall um well, Cody says Ottawa I'm I that's what that. I thought I think that he edited I, I think I got a notification that he edited his uh his post so it originally was Ottawa um and based on that I'm seeing a lot of people from from that province um, who are, or at least a lot of stories over the last few months of people that had offers in and then suddenly the values went down significantly and they're trying to back out. Right. Do you remember seeing those articles a few months back? No, but I mean, it sounds completely legit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, they had offers in and then suddenly values started going down and they're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore because I feel like this property's going to go down in value. So a lot of sellers were like, you know, pissed off because, you know, what kind of rights do I have to hold my buyers accountable, right? The funny thing about the legal surrounding purchases like this, because I learned a lot about it um, through, you know, one of my businesses and because I had to do a lot of research into foreclosures and that type of stuff and also into um, the legalities of people, you know, backing out um, on conditional or sorry, on unconditional deals. Mm -hmm. Um, the funny thing, it, the funny thing is that a judge will never force someone to sell their house and they'll never force someone to buy a house. And when I heard that, <laughs> it kind of made me look at it things differently. So I'll give you an example. 
we had a property that we were supposed to buy off market through a wholesaler. And in the 11th hour, the seller found out or realized that the wholesaler was making money and he didn't want to do it anymore. And we had already paid the wholesaler. But like we were ready to renovate this property in Burrett. And I went to talk to my lawyer. I'm like, what's going on? Like the sellers basically saying that they talked to their lawyer. And what they've told us is that they said, my lawyer says, I don't have to sell it. So sorry. And I'm like, what do you like? We have a, like we've removed conditions. They've received it. We're like a week and a half away. Like how can they just say that they're not going to sell it? They have to sell it, right? And I, I talked to Barry McGuire about this and he said, actually, in theory, yes, but no judge will ever force someone to sell their home if they don't want to. And additionally, you can't force someone to buy a property either because there's just so many things that need to be put in place, like financing. Most people don't buy houses all cash, right? So you can't force someone you know, to pull money out of their bank account. It's hard to force someone to pull money out of their bank account and to transact on the property when they agreed that they would. I just imagined like... Uh, somebody like holding their hand and walking them down to the ATM to yeah. withdraw the money with like a gun to the head. Like, no, you're doing this. <laughs> you know, like it's, now, now you can yeah. see it visually. Like, yeah. like, cause like in, in theory, it makes sense. Like you have a signed contract. You are obligated to fulfill the, you know, the, the agreement that you've both parties signed. <laughs> Same thing. You can't force someone to go and get a mortgage to, to put, you know, to cover 80% or 95% of the purchase. And then you put, bring the other five or 20%. You can't force someone to do that. What they will do is they will. And so a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to lose my deposit. So there's, there's two ways to look at this. There's, you can look at it from the buyer refusing to buy, or you can look at it from the seller refusing to sell. So I'll talk about the seller one first, the seller refusing to sell. We learned that if we're buying this and the sellers refusing to sell we can't force them to sell but we can go after them for damages and expenses that we incurred so if i had to pay for a home inspection if i had to pack all of my stuff up into a u-haul or a moving you know company and all my stuff was packed up and i sold my house my other house and i had nowhere to live then there could be an argument made or a claim made that because I had to sell my house and they did not fulfill the obligations, I incurred a loss because I had to go live in a hotel for three weeks. Or three months while I found a new house to buy. Until I found a new suitable replacement for the agreement that we had. So if I was going to buy that house for $400,000... That means that I have to find another house for $400,000. If the same house costs me more, say it costs me $440,000 in a similar house in a similar area, the seller would be responsible for the $40,000 difference. I could make a claim on that. So you can only go after them for losses that you have incurred. Mm -hmm. And you have to show proof. It's very similar to how it works with like security deposits on rentals. It's all the same thing. If someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do in an agreement or a contract, they can come after you for losses that you have incurred based on them not doing what they're supposed to do. 
to prove it. Show receipts. You have to so, show receipts. Yeah. You have to, you know what I mean? So when we were looking at it, it's like, okay, I got a home inspection for 400 bucks and yeah, that's, it. that's it. So I'm like, am I seriously like, is there nothing I can do? And he goes, well, you can try, but I'm just going to try and save you some money. Yeah, some legal <laughs> costs. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, the legal costs, right? So it's, 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 it's very interesting. And I was so frustrated by that because I'm like, I had a deal. And you're telling me that any wholesale deal, a seller can just change their mind mm-hmm. and I can only go after them for like the th- couple thousand bucks that. that we, I, and we were actually going to be moving in. This mm-hmm. is going to be our home. It was going to be a burger for us. Yeah. So it was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have any proof or receipts or anything that we, you know, any losses we incurred. So we left our caveat on title for a little while, as long as we could. Until eventually they forced us to remove it. We went through the legal process of that just to try and like hold on for as long as we could. Hopefully they changed their mind. They never did. And we lost that deal. Um, we eventually got our wholesale fee back. And um, it's an interesting, interesting deal. But from from a, uh, from a buyer's perspective and, and backing out of that, it's, it's the same thought process. So with a buyer, if you put in a deposit, you remove conditions. Okay sounds like and it sounds like the 40k is his deposit not his down payment from what i understand yeah he called it a down payment in his post and then he changed it to deposit oh did he so okay. someone must have corrected him and then he changed his post so a deposit is uh is non-refundable once conditions have been removed mm-hmm. now same thing applies very similar to like a security deposit the deposit is there as a deposit. Okay. Imagine a deposit is similar to a security deposit. When someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do in a lease, a tenant, you are allowed allowed to deduct from the deposit any costs that you have incurred, any damages, and then the remainder of the deposit is is refunded. The same thing technically applies to a purchase. The 40K is there as a deposit in the event that you do not fulfill your obligations. So it's my understanding, 95% sure I am not a lawyer, so ask your lawyer. Okay, this is my caveat. I'm not a lawyer, so I will not say it's 100% fact. What I have learned is that the deposit is refundable and is there as a deposit towards the purchase. They do not get to keep the $40,000 deposit. Unless... Losses. Unless they can prove that, like, they have to show receipts and stuff like that. Okay. Right? So they, it's not like, ah, you didn't buy the house. I get to keep the $40,000 and get to sell it to somebody else. No. You can only go after them for the, the losses that you have incurred. And that can be deducted from the deposit that is being held in trust by your lawyer or your realtor. The remainder of the deposit is to be returned to the buyer. So very similar to how, you know, my example of I was going to buy a $400,000 house and then they didn't sell it to me. So I had to go buy a similar house for four forty, dollars and that cost me $40,000 more. I can go after that $40,000. Therefore, if that were the case with a seller, a seller was selling a house for $400,000, you, the buyer, backed out of it and you had things lined up costs that you incurred, legal costs, et cetera, you can 
put that all into a, a you know a, a a statement of your deposit, and then as well, someone else came along and offered three hundred and sixty thousand dollars for your property, and you had to sell it at, a, at forty thousand dollars less. The previous buyer would be responsible for that shortfall. Therefore, you would take the forty thousand dollars to cover that shortfall. And what about if there? What about the holding costs? Like, so if you were set yes. to, you know, close on December first, and then they backed out, and now you are holding it until a new possession of February first, two months holding costs, whatever the difference utilities, in purchase price, utilities, property taxes, yeah. mortgage, mortgage, mortgage payment, yeah, insurance, yeah, everything. Everything that you can show that you had to pay because that person didn't fulfill their obligations, everything. You keep a whole statement on it, mm-hmm. on every single dollar that you had to pay because because someone didn't do what they were supposed to do, you cover all of that. Now, in most cases, it will go above and beyond the deposit. Yeah, That's a pretty significant deposit. That is a very significant – most times it's like 5K. If it's right? Ottawa, it's, it's you know a little bit more expensive there, so I can understand mm-hmm. that. Maybe the deposit's a little bit bigger. Well, we if- we just saw a situation just recently of somebody who did a, a 40K deposit and we're worried that they might lose it if they weren't able to close. Mm. So it's not like it's not unheard of. I mean, like when we've really wanted a property, we've done 50K deposits. Yes. Um, absolutely. It's so I, I want everyone to understand that, that. And that's not an excuse to be like, oh, they can only go after me for 400 bucks. Then I can always just back out of this. Um, You do have a reputation as well. Um, But like, it just doesn't stop right there. Like Gabby made a great example of, you know, if, if that thing sits on the market for another six months, keep in mind that they're going to hold that money in trust until they're done with you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that process from a legal perspective. I don't know how long they can hold it. At what point do they eventually you know, have to give you, you know, your money back? If that house doesn't sell for another seven months, does that mean that they hold that money in trust until that house is, is sold? That would be my assumption is that that deposit would be held in trust and then you guys would have to go to court over it. And while you're waiting a year and a half to go to court, all of these things are being added up onto the ledger of how how much money you owe the legal costs involved the mortgage payments the property taxes right you have to send in a cleaner once a month everything and then obviously if there's a shortfall on the purchase price right then you'd be responsible for that too until you guys can go to court over it which you know these days um can take like a year and a half two years to get before a judge in provincial court so based on that what would normally happen in something like that is that rather than waiting a year and a half, because keep in mind that seller isn't getting access to your $40,000 deposit today. It's held in trust. So that so they're incurring costs. They are incurring those costs. And it's coming out of their own pocket until they can be reimbursed by the deposit that's being held in trust. So they don't like, they don't want to wait a year and a half either. They don't want to be covering all these payments and whatnot, you know? So, and what happens in, in a lot of cases would be that they would come to an agreement and a settlement. So for the person that, that wrote this comment in the Facebook group, what's very likely to happen is, is it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be like you forfeit your deposit. What's going to happen is, is that 
the real estate lawyers are going to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until eventually it's going to be transferred to the litigator in that department, or you're going to hire a litigator, right? And then they're going to start dealing with the, with the seller's litigator and trying to come to an agreement to keep it out of the courts because just getting it to court is expensive. The legal cost of that is very expensive. And also it takes forever to get in. So what's very likely going to happen is you're going to have to come to an agreement with the seller. Right? Yeah. Now, I don't want to give you, let's, let's just be completely honest. I'm like, if I may, you trying to back out is kind of a dick move from the perspective of the seller. And I think this person knows that. 100%. They don't want, because I think he said in there that he's okay losing his deposit. Yeah. Which is good. That's because I'm glad that you said that because from the seller's perspective, they had an agreement to sell it for $400,000. During that time, I don't know the whole story. During that time, the value of the property probably went down. Interest rates have gone up. And you no longer can or want to buy it. Sounds like can buy it. Like you no longer can do it. Now the seller is left holding the bag when they had an agreement when the conditions were different. Now the conditions aren't the same. Now it's worth less. Now there's less buyers. And they're going to have to take a loss on that. You owe them that. Yeah. I have a feeling that they're going to be satisfied with the deposit. Yeah. But I also have a feeling that you could probably go in there and negotiate it just through your real estate lawyers and not have to get litigators involved, not have to get the court involved. I have a feeling that you can probably just go and lay like, hey, circumstances changed. The interest rates went up. I didn't lock in the mortgage financing. I can no longer afford this house. I feel absolutely terrible. What I'd like to do is offer you half of the, the deposit. I, I really need the money. I'm hoping that we can just come to an agreement. Seller might come back and be like, say, I'll take 30, I'll give you 10 back. Yeah. The way that you approach it is going to be super important. The tone is going to be super important. Worst case scenario, they might just take the 40K and be done with it. But their lawyers are going to understand the same thing as what I just explained to you, is that they're not going to have access to that money. It's not like they just deposit it into their account. No, it's a very long process in order for them to get that money. And they don't want to go to court over it. So the likelihood of them going after you for the, you know, for more than 40K is very unlikely. They might just want to settle, take your 40K and, and be done with it. You both sign um, um, an agreement that you will no longer hold each other responsible and it's done. You've come to an agreement. $1,000 worth of legal, no big deal. Again, this is all 95% of like... Um, this is based off of what I understand and I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. So you have to talk to your your real estate lawyer about this. It sounds like from what I saw in the comments, I didn't read everything last night because we were doing our coaching call. Mm -hmm. um, from my understanding, that's how it works. But sorry, I was, I was going to say something different. <laughs> um, my understanding is that he is going to talk to his real estate lawyer. Sorry, mm -hmm. I was just reading a comment. He is going to talk to his real estate lawyer. He's just like kind of, it's two weeks away. I can understand that every moment, every hour, every day is extremely valuable right now. So I can understand that, you know, you want an answer now as opposed to later. Um, I would always strongly recommend that um, even in the Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group, which is a free Facebook group, do not listen to people's opinions. Do not listen to my opinion. Get the 
get the advice from the actual professionals, which is the real estate lawyer. Call them first thing this morning. Um, it is just about nine o'clock in the morning in Ottawa. So they should be open now. Go drive down there and bang on his office door. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need answers. And if you can't get the answers, then find someone else who can give you the answers. But, you know, I, I, I think that based on what I've read and based on the outcomes that I think that he wants, I think he's okay. It's not great, yep. but it could be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Nothing in the comments? No. No lawyers with us this morning? No lawyers with us this morning. Um, Don had a comment. I think she was referring to our similar situation where the the seller backed out uh, because the whole they realized the wholesaler was making money. Yeah. Um, and she says, "I had a similar situation. Thankfully, the wholesaler and I were able to negotiate with him and throw some money at the problem to make it happen." It's so. normally just settled. Yeah. That's normally what ends up happening is that going through court is just a long, lengthy process. So. You know, it's normally just set, settled and, and both parties sign an agreement. Yeah. And I think that in most situations, unless we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake, I think that at this point, any lawyer is trying to or is is uh, recommending whatever the situation be to try to settle with each other, unless we're talking like large sums of money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to potentially get Barry on here in the near future. It's a good um, idea. It's if been he's a while. open to it. Um, Barry's going to give probably just about the same. It depends. It depends. <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, it, but he explained it very, very, very well to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll see if I can get him on in the near future about that. Um, we had a question the other day that I think would be kind of a good thing to discuss. I don't know if it's going to take more than 10 minutes. Probably will. Um, because I think it's relevant to what we've been talking about today and yesterday and this week about, you know, this year. We've been talking about this year and how um, the, how things just kept continuously changing. And, um, you know, we talked about how we lost some money yesterday mm -hmm. um, on a deal and, you know, how we're dealing with things and the, the roller coaster of 2022. It was, it was, if you looked at, the picture of it. It was a roller coaster. It was up and down and up and down. And then there was a couple spins. Um, what have we learned? I think the question was, what lessons have you learned in this year and how will it affect next year? It's a loaded question. <laughs> Does anything stand out to you on a general level? Um, I mean, like a, a really, I think for me personally, a really big lesson that is just so crystal clear to me in, I mean, and I mean, like our year was majorly focused on fix and flips, like in an incredibly large way. So that's where, where my lessons stem from. But to me, I think that, you know, this community, not not just like our small tight knit community, but this real estate investing community feels so small and so friendly and and like everybody's just always willing to help each other and jump in where needed and stuff. And a lot of the time we just feel like, hey, everybody's a good person and like, OK, we'll have a discussion. Does this work? Does that work? OK, yeah. OK, let's do business. Yeah. Um, and. Everything isn't always as it seems. 
And so I think for me, one huge lesson is that there's always a signed contract or there's always, and also like always a written timeline. There's always written communication and clear understanding of everybody's expectations. Um, Conversations don't work anymore. Conversations and handshakes don't work anymore. Everything needs to be so incredibly crystal clear in writing with signatures and expectations really, really drilled down. So to me, like, I just think the biggest lesson that I've, I've learned is within that realm of things, uh, because we had so many things go so far south, mm-hmm. um, that could have been prevented with a little accountability by, by way of signature. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just put a positive angle on it and just remind everybody because I, I like to make sure that everyone takes action at the end of an episode and they don't just sink <laughs> yeah. back into their hole. Yeah. Not to say that's what you're doing, but, um, Everything can be figured out, though. Yes. And even through all that nonsense, and we, we're we not even – I told you guys something yesterday that I wasn't planning on telling anybody. I, uh, the people close to us know. Yeah. And and to be completely honest, it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't have to tell you guys everything that's going on, but I do. I do to give you context, and I do to give you so that it, it, it becomes – I want people to see what it's actually like to make it more believable. I want to be as relatable as possible. I want to be as approachable as possible so that you guys can actually see that it's possible for you, that you are, we are all the same. We all have the same capabilities. We're all capable of doing this. Okay. That was something that I wasn't going to share because I figured that would have countered that. I figured that if someone saw that, they would have been like, oh, it's a bad idea, right? Because that's what happens. People just jump to conclusions. What I want to share is that even through that, even through all the nonsense, we actually came out much better than what we were expecting to come out back mm-hmm. in the summer. Mm-hmm. We were looking at 2022 in the summer and we're like, geez, that is a lot of red. That's a lot of red. But we actually came out of it almost breaking even, coming close to breaking even. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of how about going that and all the legal sides of that and how we how we how we resolved it. But I want to share with you that even in a really crappy situation, you can figure it out when you surround yourself with the right people. Right? I figured it out. It was fucking stressful as shit, but I figured it out. It was very calculated. I came up with a solution. I found other people. Right. I had a I have a very strong network where I, you know, I leaned on other people and their expertise. And I came up with solutions. And we figured it out. You know, looking back on it, it sucks. But is there anything I could have done differently? No. So I've accepted that and I moved on. And now I'm on to 2023. It is what it is. And that's part of business. That's just you got if you're not comfortable with that kind of stuff, that's just part of business. And that was our year. And that had nothing to do with the market. That everything had everything to do with, um, like Abby was saying, making sure that everything is 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 being written down, signed, and communication is key. That is that, that is probably my biggest lesson in, of the year. I've always known that, but it was reiterated this year in 2022. Mm-hmm. That communication is key. It's one thing to have things written down on paper. It's another thing to make sure that people are communicating on a regular basis to make sure that those things are being upheld mm-hmm. on paper, in person. You have to make sure that you are staying in contact at all times because if you let things go for a few weeks and you look back, now you've lost a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And time is, is way more precious than money, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Time is money. 
so make sure that you have everything documented, make sure it's signed, make sure that um, people are have a good understanding, make sure you're following up and keeping a good level, uh, line of communication. And uh, th- that would be our biggest lesson from the year. Um, I don't like to use 2022 as an example for, oh man, I learned so much from the market in 2022. I'm never ever going to buy ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have we ever had that much of a roller coaster? No. Like even in 2008, house prices went down. But that was all that happened that year. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a few other things in the market and like things to consider and people lost some jobs and some major projects were canceled and therefore hours are diminished and that kind of stuff. But like the last two or three years have been actually Garrett said it here. Um, he said, nothing can be foreseen. That's my take for the last four years. It's been a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot that's happened over the last four years that I don't think anybody could have possibly seen coming. Yeah. And is it the result of anything? I mean, the... Holding off on the whole foreign buyers thing, you know, the market getting out of control in the two provinces, you know, and prices going way over what they should be. Investors coming in and doing these fucking burrs like crazy and rising the prices of houses and multiple offers and stuff like that. I mean, it was a little out of control and they talked about that for a while. And then, you know, they finally took control of it and they started trying, you know, control. I'm not a market expert and I'm not going to claim to be, I'm not going to talk on it, but like, you know, the market and inflation and all those other types of things, a lot of that could have been um, handled a little more proactively. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Talked about the bubble for years, the bubble, the bubble, it's going to burst. I don't even know what a bubble (laughs) is. I don't even know. Like I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I stay in my lane. But even through all this bullshit of, you know, forced lockdowns and extreme inflation and interest rates going up faster than they've ever gone up in history, from what I understand. Um, Gabby and I still made money, mm-hmm. like a lot of money. And I know a lot of people that have made a lot of money. And you just got to keep your finger on the pulse and make sure you got a good, strong network. You got to make sure you're hanging around the right type of people. You need to make sure that you make decisions quickly and you execute on them quickly. And just adapt to your surroundings. And sometimes you'll get burned. Sometimes the market goes in a different direction just as quickly and you're like, ah, crap. But in the long run, you'll make money. Yeah. And just make sure that you're paying attention and try and be as you know proactive and, and um, as possible. Like if you see opportunities that are coming dip your toes in it you know what i mean take advantage of it and then watch it keep your finger on the pulse if things keep changing a little bit last year there was the whole townhouse birthing i talked about that so much last year and a lot of people jumped on it and a lot of people took advantage of it and they made some money Mm -hmm. and they got some properties for like and they're into it for nothing Mm -hmm. it's great could we have foreseen that the interest rates have gone up like crazy and now it doesn't cash flow anymore at this moment no but is there anything you can do about it no but was, is that an excuse to not buy it a year ago? No. 
So a lot of people did take advantage and, and just, just pay attention to what's going on. And I, from time to time, I'll give you guys little tips about things that I see coming up. And I think that you guys should take a look at it and keep your finger on it and just see if it's worth it. And just, just take some risks. This, all of this is based off of risk. I don't know if anyone knew that. Any business has risk. Investing, especially, has risk. It's always risky. But I was about to quote Jim Rohn, but I just butcher it. <laughs> if you don't take risks, you're just going to be in the same spot. Yeah. From where you are today and the same spot you've been for the last 10 years. For another 20 years. You have to take risks. And it's your responsibility to, to be a good critical thinker to make sure that you're paying attention, that you're surrounding yourself with the right people, that you're getting guided by the right people and making decisions for your life and to better yourself. Whether you take small risks or whether you take big risks is entirely up to you and you can only hold yourself accountable, right? Yeah. And Wayne, if I can say also that, you know, if anybody were able to actually get like an insider glimpse of the mayhem that was our year of fix and flipping, like the actual insanity in our workings of what the year looked like. Most people would probably assume that like we are running from fix and flips, but like I cannot wait to do more fix and flips next year. Yeah. You learn your lessons, you improve your systems and you move forward. Mm -hmm. 100%. I've mentioned before, I mentioned this recently, I think it was on a piece of content or something like that. If Gabby and I were at the stage where we wanted, we needed more rental properties in order, like for our roadmap, I would be buying right now. You want to talk about opportunities around the corner and opportunities that are present right now and still relevant. Rental properties, buying properties at a discount. Mm -hmm. Huge opportunity right now. I don't think, and everyone's too scared. They're like, that doesn't cash flow. Who gives a fuck if it cash flows right now? It'll cash flow in a few years. When the rates go back down and the rents go up, the rents will correct themselves. They just, it's too early in the game right now. The rents haven't had an opportunity to go up yet, in our market at least. There's a huge opportunity to buy at a discount. <laughs> huge opportunity. To be, you should be writing multiple, 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 multiple offers, lowball offers, and just getting as many houses on a discount as possible right now, as a rent, like for your rental portfolio. I think it's a great opportunity. Put them in those two-year fixed or those variable rate mortgages that we were talking about earlier, and just wait for things to change. That is my opinion. That is not my financial advice. But if you're looking, if if because people are looking for advice, right? They're like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? I just told you, and I've told, I, I said it, I said it like two weeks ago. I said it again, like a few months before that. If you want to look at like what, what, what opportunities are in the market currently and what are coming in the near future, that's it right there based on our market. Right. So that, I mean, that would be my advice is to take a look at that. It is look not, at it and run your numbers. <laughs> it is not a good time for rent own. The numbers don't work. Go take a course and you, you know, you'll have a better understanding why. There is a great opportunity for agreements for sale right now. There's a great opportunity to buy rental properties at a discount. There is a great opportunity to flip if you know what the hell you're doing. Okay? 
And are very conservative. If you know what you're doing. Yeah. You can also just, it could also be just as bad if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So that that's, that's my take on the market right now. Um, I, sh- I should save this uh, in the, in, in, in my calendar and put a cal- like put a, put a reminder in three months from now to re-listen to this episode and see what I think in three months. I, I have no <laughs> idea what's coming in three months. No yeah. idea. Yeah. We're, we're, we are, I know you want me to wrap this up. We are one headline away from things changing. Yeah. That, that is as simple as that, that is, <laughs> that's how simple it is. We are one headline away from the market changing. You know what I kind of wish? I kind of wish that they raised I kind of wish I could finish my point. I kind of wish that they raised the interest rates points, whatever they thought, the 0.75, so that the interest rate hikes were just over and everybody could be like, okay, that was the last of it. What's going to happen now? Is it going to start to go down? Let's go by. That's, well, that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly it is what I was trying to get at. We are one headline away, meaning yeah. when the headline comes out that says that the government of Canada, Bank of Canada has now said they will not be increasing the interest rates anymore. That headline came out this morning the market would change because the people would change. Yeah. The whole belief system on what is the market doing and what are interest rates doing would completely change. No more uncertainty. No more uncertainty. There is certainty. Now I can make a decision because most people are not willing to take risks. The common people outside of the investor community are not willing to take risks. So the second that they have some level of certainty is what's going to happen over this next year, they're going to make decisions based off of that certainty because they don't want to take risks. They don't want interest rates to go up after they buy the property and they get into variable mortgage. They don't want their property to go down in value after they buy it. They're scared. Yeah. So we are one headline away from things changing. So, Well, Cody says here, this is why they didn't. Speculation does more than interest rates for inflation. 100%. Yeah. So I have no idea where we're going to be in three months. Mm -hmm. I wish I had more influence. (laughs) I wish I had more followers on Instagram because I would probably put something out today to my benefit. You need to start like an online newspaper, like one of those opinion papers. (laughs) And just pump $40,000 a month into Google AdWords? Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, though, if, if if I had real estate news, Canada real estate news, and I put tens of thousands of dollars into it every month and then I shared it on social. I'm pretty sure all you guys would share it too. And then suddenly the word would spread and suddenly we could change the market. We can manipulate the market. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Hello, I hope you guys politics. realize that. Huh? I said, hello, politics. Right? Yeah. Fucking Elon. Elon tweets and the world changes. Yeah. The power of influence, people. Interesting stuff. Anyways. Um, today be Friday. Tomorrow we've got our building your roadmap workshop. You know, it's not too late to just make a really good decision today mm-hmm. and just join masters and then come to the work, the road, the workshop tomorrow. It's not a terrible idea. It's not. If you guys need a payment plan, just send us an email. I'll, I'll come be with a payment plan. If the, you guys are like the on, literal perfect time to join. <laughs> it is the literal perfect time to join if you guys want to know what it's like go reach out to i don't know go in the facebook group and say hey who's in masters send me a dm who's in the masters mentorship program send me a dm just asking questions yo 
Is this Wayne guy for real? They'll answer. They'll be honest. I, I, I would hope they'd be honest. I don't think there's anyone more real than me. I think I'm pretty real, aren't I? You're real. Honest. You know what I mean? What's What kind of success have you had? What would you say is the most valuable thing that you've gotten from the mentorship program? Ask those questions. Ask five people. See if anyone says anything bad. Take all that information. Make a decision. Join tomorrow. Or join today and then get in on the workshop tomorrow. I think it's a good idea. Anyways. Um, if not... You know, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your Saturday, enjoy your Sunday, uh, and we will see you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.